0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you by an assortment of angry Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Dave, as always, joins us to be our group's impartial outsider, And to let us know when we're getting a little bit carried away and also to laugh at us when things aren't going particularly well. So uh, plenty of ammunition off the back of a last minute Leeds equaliser, Spurs dropping the ball and of course Manchester United being somewhat overcome by Liverpool. So Dave, welcome back to another episode. It's been quite the week for you, I suppose, hasn't it?
1: Hey Dags! Hey everyone! Yeah, it's been an interesting one. I mean, I was really relieved that the the last minute goal for Leeds uh, yesterday and
0: ninety um, eighth minute or something. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And today's football has just been uh, well, it's just been exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but just short of possibly Solskjaer losing his job. We'll get onto that later, of course. Man United being our next <laughs> our next opponents, but either way, we'll get onto that. But we are, of course, going to talk about. West Ham, Tottenham, which was a 1-0 defeat, of course. Disappointing after a couple of wins in a row. Obviously, had our chances. Wasn't the worst performance we've had this season, but nevertheless, after a couple of wins, we wanted to see better. Elio, welcome back to the show. I bet you can't wait to get this over with.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that's
0: <laughs> pretty much my thoughts on tonight. Yeah. All right, moving on. You done? Should we, uh, we call it from now? I'll tell you what, I'll give I you a break. So. Joe, welcome back to the show. You're here for an, another week after a well-earned rest. How are you feeling about everything Spurs? mm uh, do
3: you know? I'm I'm going to try and be a bit more optimistic than Elliot. Looking at some of the play today and some of the the underlying numbers, you know, I still think things are going in a slightly better direction after how depressed we were all feeling a few weeks ago. So I, I think there's a few positives from a, from what is obviously always a bad result losing to West Ham.
2: I think the team. In terms of how we approached the game was right. I think that a lot of our play was really good. I think the front four not being at the races is primarily what cost us. None of them really seem to be on their game today for whatever reason. But Mm. it's encouraging that we still control the game despite that fact. And ultimately we were up against a very good, very organised David Moyes side. Who hit us with a smash and grab and shut up shop afterwards. So... I don't want to paint it black on the basis of that, but there are question marks that I'd like to raise, which I will when when we start picking it apart in more detail. However, from my point of view there were still encouraging signs, even if it's not what we were hoping for. And like I said last week, we often find a way to lose this game anyway. So Mm -hmm. I don't think this is the result to start wanting heads to roll over.
0: It's interesting you describe it as a smash and grab, because I think, Dave, you described West Ham's recent wins as similar last week, specifically over Leeds, of course. Do you think this was an undeserved win for West Ham? Or do you think they've just found a way to win, even if it means winning slightly ugly?
1: Um, Well, yeah, that's certainly part of it, isn't it? They do just find a way to win. They did it um, last week. They did it against us. Uh, and then they did it today and I think what we said last week kind of happened as well in the sense that there was a risk that it would be kind of a mirror match in the sense of the way that they set up with their two midfielders against uh, the same in Spurs and you could argue that that was a factor in cancelling each other out and essentially being a fairly even game I just think it was very even and I think a point would have been fair but yeah basically West Ham I don't know if Spurs were trying to not give them corners but they only had Mm. two and they scored from one of them so that's how they do it and it was probably not news to... Nuno that that would be the biggest threat so yeah I think uh, I think they were just organized and they took their chance yeah
0: I mean that graphic came up on Sky Sports they've scored the most goals of all the teams in the league on set pieces so we shouldn't have been surprised by that but uh, Joe what was the story of the game today tell us in a nutshell how you think it played out from start to finish
3: first of all I really liked the starting 11 that we put out that feels like it's becoming the, the obvious kind of shape and personnel mm. that you want to see starting a game And I think the problem is, is is we came up against a team that is, you know, has been just so well managed by David Moyes, you know, since he came back. And we just couldn't make quite the impact we wanted to in midfield. They were so solid defensively that everything we tried going forward just didn't quite work out. And we got done by a bit of a sucker punch, you know, as as kind of Elio alluded to. Mm -hmm. They're just such a tough team to break down and then they know what they're doing. They've had their manager for so long now in a way that obviously we haven't. so. It
2: kind of went the way I felt it would. What we talk about every week, familiarity, and that's something that they have in abundance at the moment. And uh, I think you're right to kind of point to how well David Moyes is doing because he is doing a really, really good job. And West Ham, he's got them punching above their weight like he did with Everton once upon a time. And I think there's a lesson for Spurs to take from that, actually, because we're quite similar now in where we are to where but maybe at a slightly heightened level to where West Ham were in David Moyes' first stint and it became a case of careful what you wish for because it wasn't enough for the West Ham fans. They got rid of him. It all started going Pete Tong the following season and they ended up bringing him back and look at what he's doing now. So I feel like we need to kind of look at the fact that they had a bit of a painful up-and-down process bedding in while things were teething, and we should realise that that's kind of what's happening with us now. The difference between us and them, though, is that with the players we have compared to the players they had when they were going through these issues and were up-and-down and teething, they were lower mid-table, whereas we're getting to do it from a position of six in the Premier League, which... I mean you'd think we were sixteenth the way some Spurs <laughs> fans are reacting tonight. I mean it, it's not bad and The
0: League still doesn't look bad, does it? The table looks fairly promising if you ignore the result today. Well,
2: if you ignore the result today, listen, we we draw today and we'd have been fourth. Mm. I mean that that, that makes it more frustrating. That says it all. Yeah. We were one sloppy corner away from being in fourth place tonight. Yeah. And looking at sort of next week's fixtures as well West Ham are away to Villa from what I've just seen Brighton are away to Liverpool we're at home to United if we win our game and I think it's pretty much 50-50 what happens between Spurs and United at the moment then we could be fourth at the end of next weekend I mean the season isn't going badly as it stands and today losing an emotive game in a derby shouldn't make Spurs fans give up just so easily, in my opinion. They managed
0: the game well, though, didn't they? I think as soon as the goal went in, I joke that they parked the bus and you can criticise that all you want. I mean, want, they parked it before the goal. Well, I mean, to an extent, but I think particularly at that point, and, and that's when we really started to struggle to break them down. And they won't be the only team to do that, perhaps probably better than other teams at doing it. But how do you think we go about countering that? Do you think it's a case of bringing on players sooner than we did to maybe do. break down that kind of block? Or do you think it's just a strategic thing in terms of the way we play? I think my major criticism
2: of Nuno today is that he didn't make changes when the signs were there that it was beginning to go stale. And he's been guilty a few times of being less than proactive with his changes. I mean, to my mind, at the point that we were controlling the game and keeping hold of the ball and penning West Ham back... That should have been the point to bring on someone like La for a more defensive player. And I'd have brought him on for, well, either Hoybier or Skip, but probably for Hoibier because Skip is obviously such a good sort of security blanket with his pace. As what West Ham did was they marked Ndombele out of the game absolutely. Every time the ball was anywhere near him, there were also three West Ham shirts around him. Mm. and. If you have Lo Celso on the pitch for a period at the same time as Ndombele, all of a sudden you've got another creative player, another player who can progress play on the pitch. And doing that after we concede, it's almost no good because at that point they've got the goal. They put in sort of two banks of five and we couldn't get through it.
0: You mentioned Skip and not bringing him off. And I think I would say he was one of the stronger performers today. Joe, I know mm. you're president of the Oliver Skip fan club. What did you make of him today? Let's, let's hear about Oliver Skip.
3: Yeah, yeah, really likes his performance again today. He, he looks more confident and self-assured with every game. He, mm-hmm. he seemed particularly vocal today, I thought. And I also, yep. I, I don't know if it was just me, but... It felt like the camera was on him a bit more now. Uh, do you know what I mean? It feels like he's becoming a bit more at the centre of the show for us.
0: He has an aura, doesn't he? He has a presence about him.
3: Yeah, uh, very much so. And I think that we figured out the double pivot a few games ago with him and Hoybier. And I really love that we've solved that problem because, you know, we, we absolutely bossed West Ham in terms of possession and passing today. And we were the away team. I think there's so much stuff we're getting right now. A lot of the basics we're getting right now It is just this frustrating second halves, not making substitutions at the right time and that lack of creativity. But um, yeah, the the skip, the the defensive midfield side of things looks good.
2: It does. And I think if you look at sort of where we struggle to break West Ham down, they are very organised. And you had essentially all of Kane, Son and Lucas, as well as Ndombele, not really being able to get it quite right. I mean, Ndombele and Kane each had very good chances with their heads. Like, Canes mm. especially, I thought, should have been sort of ruffling the, the nets. Yeah. And Son, he never managed to beat a guy today. He never managed to find the pass. He was trying constantly. And Son, you can't fault him for sort of his his intention today. But... I mean, there was one time I think Lucas got the ball and he started trying to run through the West Ham defence and he would beat one and he beat another, but then there were another five or six in front of him. Like, they were so well organised and... And that's when you maybe need to sacrifice a little bit of solidity. Not from the start of the match. You get your foothold in the match. You stay solid. You get to the 55th, 60th minute. Have the crowd nice and quiet. And if you're not finding that way through despite having all the ball, that's the point to maybe sacrifice one of the defensive midfielders for for someone that will give you a bit more impetus in my opinion, maybe drop Ndombele back because he was having to come deep to get the ball anyway today. daggers you commented on it in the group chat actually and do something that gives us an extra number in the final third. I think that's where we went wrong before. We didn't change it up when we were in the ascendancy and then we got sucker punched.
0: We'll get on to talk about individual players and you mentioned Ndombele. I know it wouldn't be the plus day podcast if we didn't do a section on Ndombele this week, but just, before we get on to that, I want to talk about the goal because you know football is often decided by fine margins, and it felt like that was very much the case today. Dave, who do you blame for the goal that Spurs conceded?
1: Well, it's never a good look, is it, when a corner gets within six inches of the ground, six yards in front of your goal? You look at the players that didn't deal with it before it landed on uh, on Antonio's. But you could also argue, you could also argue that maybe Kane could have. Foreseen what was going to happen, but I think that's probably harsh.
0: I think Elio is going to argue that Kane should have done more.
1: Um, (laughs) I argue that Kane shouldn't be the guy marking their
2: most potent goal. I did.
0: I did think that was weird. Kane's good at defending corners.
2: Kane is good at bang Romero on him. Yeah, Romero. Romero's an aggressive guy. No one's beating him to the first ball at any point. Romero, I thought, dealt with Antonio relatively well all day. And Mm. don't get me wrong, Kane's great on corners in terms of heading things clear. But if you actually want him to track another striker's movement, he's not your man. You want it to be a defender. And I I think we got that
0: wrong. Do we need to look at Regadon for his involvement in the corner being given away as well, though? Because he took a chance. He was a bit sloppy.
2: No, because that's history. He did something silly, but at the end of the day, the corner is a completely
0: new phase of play. Yeah, I suppose it depends on how far you want to take it back. Well, look, let's uh, <laughs> let's look at some of the players, some of the performances. I mean, we want to talk about the negatives first. I, I like to start with the negatives and then move on to the uh, the positives we can take away from the game. But there were a few players that probably didn't really do themselves justice today. We mentioned Ndombele. Not his worst performance. I mean, he has been terrible at times this season, but seemed to take a step back today, didn't he? What did you make of him, Joe?
3: Well, yeah, it feels like we've gone back to September time with, uh, with his performance where I actually thought there was some good stuff in the first half. He was playing some really good passes through and I thought Son's running was a lot better in the first half, which seemed to kind of encourage Ndombele a bit. And that just went in the second half again, which I thought we kind of got past this problem in recent games. And that doesn't seem to be the case. And the work rate dropped again. And I'm struggling to figure out why this keeps happening, to be honest. I don't know if if the issue is also because we are still just struggling to find space in that final third. And if, if Ndombele doesn't get enough opportunities to produce something, to do something, it's almost like he just kind of stops eventually. Yeah.
2: He had a finite amount of involvement before the batteries went flat, is that what you're trying to say? Do you know That's exactly
3: what I'm trying to say? And it's almost like he needs he needs somebody else to be lighting up the game to get something out of him for ninety minutes. And because you don't have mm-hmm. we we've we've had a cane that has just been misfiring all season. Son's still doesn't seem to be quite there yet in terms of fitness. And Ndombele is not the man to kind of drag the team. So you you just only get a certain amount from him.
0: I was about to say, because last week we commented on how well Ndombele linked up with Lucas, particularly for the goal. Uh, Lucas was on form as he has been all season. I think he actually had a decent game and he was showing the same kind of energy levels. Harry Kane, however, seemed to also take a bit of a step back. Do you think possibly there's any merit to the idea that Ndombele needs Kane to be on form to get the best out of him? Yeah, I'll Um, definitely say that. Hell (laughs)
2: Yeah. I feel like if that is the case, then that's a really big indictment of someone who's meant to be a midfielder who dictates play. I mm. I wouldn't really want to say that because I feel like Ndombele's got enough talents on his own. I just think that... Kane being off when he is the focal point of the team doesn't just affect Ndombele, it affects everybody. I mean, Kane messed up a fairly, what you'd think for him elementary drag back to Son as well during the game. Son yep. returned the favour to him as well, so so mm-hmm. they kind of messed each other up. Great opportunities that you'd think two of those in one match, at least one of them is going to end up in the net. So, I feel it's a bit harsh on Ndombele to say he needs Kane to play well, because ultimately if Kane's meant to be your best player then, and your focal point, they all, yeah, they all need sense. him to play well to... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not singling on Domblay
3: out for that, by the way. That, you're absolutely right. That applies to a few players in this team.
0: Sure. Well, look, I mentioned regalon with that one mistake. Other than that, I actually think he had a fairly decent game. I would say... From our back four, you don't really find anyone there that you'd single out for particular criticism, which I suppose lends to the theory that we actually had a good game and we're unlucky to come away without any points. What do we think of our defence today?
2: I did actually have one more point to make on Ndombele, mm-hmm. oh, just really? because sort of Joe alluded to him, him disappearing a bit from the game. Out of the front four... And he was on the pitch 84 minutes. In the 84 minutes he was on the pitch, he saw more of the ball than any of them. And that's true of both halves. And he did actually, he had more touches of the ball than any of them. He attempted and played more passes of the ball than any of them. In terms of our front six, only Hoybier and Skip saw more of the play than him. So, So I don't think he did a disappearing act as such like he has... Been known to yeah. in, in the past. He matched Skip for interceptions in his time on the pitch. He attempted as many tackles as Heubier and His time on the pitch he even made a block today so I don't actually think it was a disappearing act from him today sorry I know you wanted to talk about the defence but I felt inclined to defend listen I've hammered Ndombele previously so I feel inclined to defend today's performance Mm. because I feel like he wasn't the issue I mean he lost possession three times all match even though he was saw more of the ball than any of the rest of the front players and this is a player who tries high risk passes constantly so, so I don't think he's the one to hammer today sorry uh, let's no, talk they're, about the be
0: sorry for a second. I, I love it. And first of all, Elio, I know your memory for Spurs matches is good, but would it be fair to suggest you might have just looked up a few stats there?
2: I was on who scored just now,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a little bit too good, even for you, with, with that much precision. But on that note, obviously, I know you, you've always been skeptical of stats. Do you think part of that is just down to the fact that he was playing deeper and he had a little bit more space and time? Because West Ham weren't really pressing. They were sitting quite deep and they were doing well when we went forward. But do you think that was partly just down to the fact that he had a bit more space to play in?
2: I think he was having to go deeper. I don't think it was the intention for him to play deeper. I think he was forced that way because West Ham was so organised. Mm. And in the best possible way, you'd rather it was him dropping back than Kane dropping back. Yeah. So I think he had to... Listen, I don't even think the defence were particularly at fault. I'm thinking of them as individuals rather than as a collective unit. And maybe that's the wrong way to look at defence. But I don't think the defence... We can blame them too much today. I can't remember a particularly clear West Ham chance all day, to tell you the Mm. truth. The biggest mistake any defender made all day was Reguilón's in the lead up to that corner, but I don't remember Emerson being beaten. I feel like both fullbacks contributed to the attack quite nicely. I feel like... Romero gave as good as he got with Antonio, who's a very difficult customer. I thought Dyer the one time that Romero did slip up, was on hand to mop up after him. So I, yeah. I thought they complement each other well. I, I don't think they were an issue today. Um, weird thing to say when we've lost again, because yeah. every time we lose, I seem to defend the defence. But uh, mm. But yeah, it's a weird thing to say that I wasn't overly displeased with that much of a match where we didn't play particularly well
0: yeah and perhaps it just comes down to the fact that we've got to a point where we are putting together decent performances but there's just that one piece missing again and for the most part it's all good it's just maybe one or two players not quite pulling the trigger and giving us that magic we need just to get over the line but staying with the defence for a second and as you mentioned there weren't that many chances I think there were a couple there was a header from Socek and there was one save Loris had to make that was pretty comfortable you would have expected him to make it mm. one man that we all mentioned during the game not for the first time is Romero who again was, was really good I called him Virgil van Like like a week ago, you said he uh, was like alveirod with pace. I think Sox called him Ledley King esque. Dave, this is probably what we need you for to step in and tell us to calm down when we get carried away with our players. What do you think of Romero so far and today? So I think he's a good defender. I think he
1: plays the ball well. But I think, and there was a moment in the game where uh, I think it was Fornals got the ball. I think he got a throw in out of it, but but essentially Romero leaned over him and who knows what he said but Fornals took offence and and it became a bit something of a, a, bit of a handbag situation. I don't, I, don't know why, yes. I don't know
0: why he got booked for that. I think should have been booked for that, personally.
1: I mean, I think he has the potential to be a lunatic, <laughs> let's put it that way. Dope,
0: isn't there? Uh, like so a little bit I of passion.
1: Yeah, you know, ultimately, if he was, not to upset you guys, but ultimately, if he was if he was a really good defender, then you wouldn't be able to get anywhere near him, would you? So he must have something wrong with him.
0: Well, Virgil van Dijk wouldn't be caught doing that, would he?
1: No, yeah, certainly <laughs> not.
0: Exactly.
2: So. I mean, we do love an Argentinian lunatic at Tottenham, <laughs> uh, obviously. I'm <laughs> about Argentinian lunatics. Lamella and uh, one player that didn't actually make it into Joe's defence of Argentina mm-hmm. recently in the France v Argentina thing. And if he had, Argentina may have just edged out France. But Maurizio Tarica was uh, a yeah. wonderful little Argentinian lunatic <laughs> well, uh, who gave Argentina us a good couple I... hundred goals was he my list? I don't, list? To I don't uh, think, okay. I don't think so. was he dual
0: part Italian or something he was half Italian That's
2: half right. Argentinian but uh, he was he was Argentinian and uh, and obviously Ricky Villa, who gave us one of our greatest moments was uh, not completely stable himself
0: hothead. so uh, yeah this was a game that Lamella would have been sent off in wouldn't it uh, absolutely Certainly a yellow Absolutely nailed on. Um, Joe, who else impressed you today? We've talked about Skip. We've we've talked about Romero. I mean, anyone else that you think had a good game? Can't just be two players, surely.
3: Not, uh, I mean, to be honest, not really. There's not really anyone else that kind of jumps out at me. I mean, it's a bit of a weird one. I mean, there's just nobody that I thought was, was particularly bad today for a change. Like, um, you know, I, I wasn't sort of laying into Ndombele earlier. It was It was more from the sort of going forward mm. side of things, especially mm. in the second half. I thought Son, and I said this earlier, I thought Son looked really good in the first half. He made some good runs. He did get one-on-one a couple of times, and um, I thought this looks really promising, but that kind of petered out in the second half. I just thought we looked I thought we looked solid, and like I say, we dominated passing and possession, so I, I, I was just happy with kind of the whole thing. I just never really felt super confident we were going to get the goal that we needed, because the longer the game was yeah. nil-nil, the more it played into David Moyes' hands, yeah
2: we never went up through the gears did no. we? We kind of we got to the final third and it was like oh we didn't have turn up in pace with moving the ball around but I think what you say there is very pertinent you can't really think of a player that played particularly well other than maybe the couple that we've mentioned yep. and I almost find it encouraging that none of them really did play well and yet we still controlled the game. And to me, that's the sign of a good system. That's the sign Mm -hmm. of having actually got the system and the formation and the tactics actually right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the next step in that evolution is being able to go up through the gears and get through a very, very organised side because it's one thing doing it at home to Villa and away to Newcastle with Sean Longstaff in midfield, (laughs) but it's another thing doing it away to a team with a very solid base of Rice and Sucek, and behind them you've got Ogbonna and Zuma who are very very good defenders and aside with that familiarity and a manager who knows how to drill these teams. So that's the next step in the evolution. And we're doing it
3: with Harry Kane who is just not quite doing it this season and I think that is, that's a massive body blow to us.
2: I've got a question for you Joe. I've got a question for you, because mm. I've heard a few people say this, and I'm loath to go down this route myself, but I want to know what your view is. Some people are saying that Harry Kane's issue isn't mental, it's not a case of him sulking or not being committed enough, or even unfit. Some people are saying that he's a guy who's played a hell of a lot of football since the age of 20, club and country never really missed a game, I had a few bad injuries as well, and he's actually just lost a little bit of agility and zip that... Helped him get that extra bit of space in that extra yard. That helped him get all those chances he was scoring. And 28 seems young for that to happen. But Robbie Keane, who, all right, smaller, but similar kind of half number 10. He was about the same age. Lots mm. of forwards when they do play a lot of football early on. Rooney was yeah. gone by 28. I mean, it can happen. Torres as well. When yeah. when they rack up the numbers, Michael Owen might as well have retired at 25. Do you think there's an argument to say that Kane might actually... Have just fallen off a cliff now.
3: Mm, I don't know about that, to be honest, because Kane. Kane is built for football. You look at his build. You know, he's got, he's got such naturally low body fat. You know, he, he's he's kind of the perfect football player in terms of his stature. And I'm probably comparing him to the wrong player here. But everyone was saying this about Messi in 2015. Well, 2014 before mm. he then won a second treble with Barca. I think it was a treble in 2015, and he was phenomenal with Suarez and, and Neymar and everyone was saying exactly the same thing he's played too much football since he was a teenager his ligaments and soft tissues gone and that's been said about so many other top quality players I just don't really buy into that I think Kane is such like a and this sounds like a massive insult but I mean it's a compliment I think he's such a boring person outside of football <laughs> it, He he's not out drinking partying yeah. doing crazy stuff he all he wants to do is score goals and I I think he'll still be great into his 30s. He might not be as fast, but I think someone like Harry Kane won't succumb to what you've just described. So I I don't think he's... I
2: hope hope you're right. It would be such a shame, especially when he's on the cusp of all these records for Club, for Country. It would be a massive shame if this was the start of the end for him. But Mm. it is something that's becoming more and more of of a talking point with people that maybe Kane is just getting to a point in his career where where he's not quite what he was. Like I said, I'm loath to go down that road, but I do see the argument. I mean, you say sort of built for football and all that. I mean, looking at people like, like Robbie Keane, for instance, they weren't exactly sort of, overweight and huffing and puffing after mm. 25 minutes. They weren't doing unde- oh, it on... Yeah. Rooney was definitely not... Rooney was. Rooney, I'll give you Rooney. But Rooney did start even younger than all these guys, didn't he? So, And the other thing is, Kane has had a few big injuries, don't forget, as well. Messi, touchwoods, it doesn't happen now that I've said it. I can't remember, apart from the one when he was very young, ahead of that first Champions League final, when they beat Arsenal when uh, he got crocked in the semi against Chelsea. I can't remember Messi having too many too many horrible injuries, too many ligamenty injuries, too many injuries that you never come back the same from. Whereas Kane's had his Achilles, he's had his hamstring, which essentially they had to rebuild for him. I mean, he's had a couple of bad ones.
0: I think you look at Rooney and you look at Owen and players like that, and it is a common theme. It is big injuries having ultimately slowed them down. But I think the difference between someone like Owen and Kane, the obvious difference is that Owen's game, and this isn't to say that he was purely a pace merchant, but his game was built around pace. That's what made him such a devastating striker when he was a kid Mm. and bursting through and why he did so well. And you take that away and his game suddenly becomes a little bit more one-dimensional. Whereas Kane, even before last season where he started becoming this kind of pseudo number 10, his game wasn't just about bursting through in behind and beating the offside trap he had a lot more to his game and maybe the fact that he's now starting to sit a bit deeper and playing more of a hybrid role between the attack and midfield maybe means that he's got more years in him so I don't know it's an interesting conversation for sure but I wouldn't say I'd necessarily subscribe to it but I guess time will tell we'll see yeah he's crocked (laughs) <laughs> yeah <Dan thinks> he's <laughs> done absolutely done him out should have out. taken 100 million from him and ran to the bank yeah, yeah. you won't get 20p in <laughs> the twix now oh, well, uh, as i say every week we'll have plenty of time to talk about harry kane again i'm sure so we'll get on to that look we're going to talk about next week's opponents but before we move on any final thoughts on the game or, or where it leaves us or well it leaves part? us in six
2: yeah and within a couple of points off the top four against a side next week who will either react the way United used to react and absolutely bloody murder us (laughs) or we'll be able to kick them while they're down because of the fact that we're still actually playing relatively well. It'll be more open than against a David Moyes side as well and we'll get our season back on track with a confidence-boosting win. So right now, there's a lot to build on still. There's a lot to build on and as long as that remains the case... Um, in support of the manager and patient with his vision.
1: Yeah, I think West Ham are where you guys ideally want to be in a year's time. You know, settled team, settled manager, high morale, performing central striker, because I think that Kane-Antonio comparison is interesting as well, in the sense that you've got Kane who isn't firing, and you've got Antonio who appears to be essentially the standard bearer for that team. Mm. And and they're in the top four, yeah. So there you go. They're they're literally ticking all of your boxes yeah. at the moment. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there might be an argument that Nuno can point to Moyes and say, look, this is what happens if you give me the time to do it. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. Everybody playing seven out of ten. It does mean that nobody stood up to get the goal and get the winner, but it also means nobody played poorly and
0: there is a system there. How do you think Man United react next week? I mean, I just said, do you think it spurs them on to make it right? Or do you think this is the best time to be playing them? Depends who's managing. Mean, they could have a new manager by then, for all we know.
1: Yes, I think, I th- <laughs> I think all bets are off for next week, to be honest. Who knows what's going to be, what's going to happen.
2: I just, I've got the table in front of me right now. And you look at all the sides above us and the two directly above us who are level on points and two points above us respectively are two sides that have worse players and worse squads than us. And mm. you got to think that West Ham and Brighton are playing above the sum of their parts right now and we're still not playing at the sum of our parts. But when we do, you gotta think that we're gonna rise above that and get where we wanna be.
0: Is it a straight shootout for that four spot now? Are we all in agreement that the top three are pretty much predetermined? Yeah, definitely. It's hard to look past the current top three. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: They're all playing so well at the moment and, you know, I think um I think I mentioned it at the start when we did our predictions <laughs> that it was going to be those three pulling away, but yeah. Remember Peb's
2: first season and how well he was doing for the first ten game and it looked like they were just going to have an invincible style season. Then they actually came to our ground, got beaten by Pochettino and I think they just about scraped fourth at the end of that season in the end. So... One loss can do a lot of damage when when you think you're unbeatable. So mm. let's see what happens. But it would be silly to predict anyone getting into that top three right now.
0: But either way, the moment, as things stand, it's looking like Manchester United are very much our rivals for that spot that
2: we want. And West Ham and Brighton and yeah. Everton and Leicester and
0: Arsenal. But in terms of Let, our next let's not get it, cocky. It, I'm, just, I'm just trying to add some flavour to the game next week and get yeah. more exciting. I mean, uh, I hate saying must win, but it would be a huge three points for us, wouldn't it, next week? It would be. It would be.
2: It's always a good atmosphere against United as well it's probably one of the matches that tests my lungs the most There's mm-hmm. I, United are a team that I always forget how much I actually hate Man United until we play them and then when we play them and they start, you don't obviously but I do and then we play them and they start cheating and the re- they start getting dodgy decisions from the ref
3: Fergie time. and
2: I end up not in my seat for the entire match yeah. and Stuart's looking at me funny
3: Elliot I remember going to Old Trafford with you to watch Spurs against oh, yeah. United and you were a nightmare Like, I was so worried you were going to get us beaten up.
2: I I thought I was quite docile.
0: You weren't. I feel like I could I could make that description about many occasions having watched Spurs with Elio but we'll leave we'll that off for now yeah
1: Elio's docile Spurs watching is basically everybody else's 9 out of 10 exactly. I was on best
2: behaviour because I had company
0: God, don't know what that says Elliot. I know that the last thing you wanted to do was even acknowledge the existence of football in the media aftermath of our match so you didn't watch the the Man United Liverpool game Joe did you watch that game did you watch our, our next opponents take a I royal did. beating what did you make yeah. of them do you think that their rubbish will beat them more- Or is it just a case that Liverpool are that good? Both. I think both those
3: points are correct. Liverpool are incredible, um, especially Mm. Salah. But also Man United. you you can easily get carried away thinking you're going to go and hammer them next week. Because I just don't get Man United under Solskjaer. Because the Atalanta game this week, I predicted, I said to my friend who's a United fan, you're going to win 4-2 or lose 5-2. And I got fairly close in the end and not in the way I expected with United coming from 2-0 down to win 3-2. Yeah. I then said, you're either going to lose 5-0 to Liverpool or win 1-0. And Oli's got a job for life. And it's the former that's happened. So honestly, I just don't know what to expect. We should beat them. Like, this is a great time to play United because they look terrible. But I can so fear and imagine them coming coming down to London and winning 2-0. I'm
2: kind of glad that Pogba will be suspended Mm. because... He's just the sort of horrible player that will be rubbish four games in a row and then play Spurs yeah. and Dr. Tottenham come along and he has a world. I think Varon had his one and only good half of football for Man United against us when they turned over the 3 0 to be us 5 3 all those years ago. So I'm, I'm glad he's out of it. I guess for some context of how bad United were today, I'm looking at my fancy football for the week and I'm looking <laughs> at all my different scores. Is this your team that included Shaw, Pogba? It included Pogba <laughs> and Shaw who actually knocks three points between them off of my team. That's how bad they were with a minus two and a minus three. That sounds better than I
0: expected.
2: And Pogba did that with an entire 15 minutes on the pitch. So, um, listen, they've got problems. They've got a manager who isn't a manager, at least not at this level. I mean, a lot of Spurs fans criticise Nuno for all sorts of things, quite unfairly in my opinion as well. United wish they had Nuno Mm, right now mm. because I think a borderline competent manager with the set of players that United have right now would have them sealing the fourth spot and fighting with the top three. I just think that they don't have a good manager. They have the managerial equivalent of Sean Longstaff and, and, and it's not going very well for them. Uh, <laughs> Who do you think gets
0: a bigger beating out of Longstaff and, and Dombele on this show? It's, uh, it's anyone's guess. Um, one thing we know about United is that they can score goals and you know, if they show up against us, like you say, it wouldn't be a shock if they put two, three goals past us. Let's hope not. But would it be safe to say one thing that we won't expect from them is to park the bus like West Ham did today? Do you think no matter how bad it's going do you think they are actually going to be open and allow us to play around them a bit more than we had the chance to do today
2: it's the biggest cliche in football but the game's going to be won and lost in midfields I imagine their midfields will have at least one if not both of McTominay and Fresh in there and ours will have the usual two as well and yeah. whoever comes up on top of that battle and gets the ball into the forwards quickly I think we'll have joy on the day I mean their centre-back pairing is
0: is around going to play Against us was he? He was out today, wasn't he? I don't know. If he was out today.
2: Or... Oh, I wouldn't mind a half-fit Varane yep. because a half-fit Varane is acclimatizing to a new league isn't uh, the worst proposition. But if he's fit, obviously I'd rather not play him. If it's Maguire and Lindelof or something like that, then that's not a good centre back
0: pairing. Mm. So do you think we keep the same eleven as before? Carry on, even though we didn't win. Yeah, much? I
2: mean, if you if you abandon it after one loss, one very narrow loss off a set piece, having just yeah. one two games by playing good football, mm. then what message are you sending out no keep the team exactly the same but be a bit more proactive with your game management
0: so on that point keep the team the same but in terms of changing to adapt to the flow of the game do we have a problem with not making substitutions quickly we touched on this earlier but is this something that we need to do differently going forward or the Nuno needs to do differently going forward does need to make substitutions earlier in the match and what do you think should be a plan b when things aren't going right with our current eleven?
2: Well, oh, we don't have the traditional plan B of for a big lump on to hoof it up to. <laughs> you uh, said you I, missed you the rental. I did say I miss Lorente and Lorente is exactly what we needed against this defence today because we were trying in the end to get crosses in and you're not gonna get anything past a bonner's head. The guy's like seven foot twelve, he (laughs) he's huge, and Zuma as well. Like, what's the point in trying to challenge them in the air unless you've got a real jump on them and you've kind of broken behind them? Like it's not worthwhile. If you have a Lorente, great. We don't. Do so we don't? the problem is we don't really have a plan B in our squad. We just have reserves for the plan A's. And mm. inherently the reserves for the plan A's are both getting less regular football and are just not as good as the first 11. So it doesn't give you that much faith. So so then what do you do as a plan B? You take off defensive players for more attacking players. You leave yourself more open. It, it's always a risky game to play. No manager would really do that at nil-nil because a point is better than no point. So... So I think we have been left a bit short in terms of quality there. While we have a good squad and a deep squad, we also have a very obvious first eleven, And that's not necessarily a good thing, because it means that the rest of the squad isn't quite up to scratch. And it's an expensively assembled B team, so Mm. I'm not going to pin this one on the chairman. We didn't pay peanuts for those players, but maybe we're better off sometimes getting the Premier League-proven player who's bottomed out at a certain level than paying the same amount for the younger player who may have a higher ceiling. Like, we've done that with two wingers in Bergwijn and Hill – maybe only get one of those two guys in the space of twenty four months and get someone who is only ever going to be a seven out of ten player, but he's already a seven out of ten player in this league as opposed to a couple of fives.
0: So we touched on this before and I'm curious to hear if your thoughts on this have changed at all or developed, having seen a few games, but is there much to be said about the idea of just having competition for competition's sake, having players that can come in, take the place of the guys who think that their place is safe in the team, just to make them work that a little bit harder? Because I mean we've seen it with Liverpool we've seen someone like Firmino who seemed undroppable for so long and suddenly Jota and him and Mane today was rested or dropped or whatever you see it with Liverpool you see it with Chelsea with their fullbacks four excellent fullbacks basically having to fight it out for a game we don't really have that in many positions. Do you think it's something we need to kind of manufacture and say, right, I'm going to show you that you're not guaranteed a spot next week, so you need to work for it? Do you think there's a bit of complacency in some of our players?
2: It's a lot easier to rotate players yeah. in and out to keep them fresh when the team's flying. Fair enough.
0: Any thoughts on that, guys? Is that
3: crazy talk? We've already kind of had an example of that, though, haven't we? Because Ndombele wasn't starting games at the start of the season. And mm, Delhi was... True. And we all moaned about Dele so much in, in the first month. Yeah. And eventually he, he kept getting substituted and, you know, and Dombele kept coming on, making an impact. And here we are today and Dombele starts every game now and, and Dele's just disappears. So, you know, that has happened yeah. and it clearly works. Joe,
0: do you start on Dombele next week? Yeah. 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 Same team? Same 11? Yeah. Dave, how do you see that game going? What's your prediction?
1: Well, so the first question in terms of would you stick with the same eleven? I think the league cup game you've got in the middle of the week kind of answers that question because I think that's where it'll be shaken up, and then and, and then I would expect it will be the same eleven. I would expect unless somebody does something fantastic uh, in the league cup. Go. It's a tricky one. Back to Manchester United. I mean, do you remember when they signed Jordan Sancho? <laughs> I heard something about that. Yeah. What's he doing these days? He didn't come mm. off the bench today. I mean, obviously, you know, what would yeah. have been the point? But yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's insane that Ole olshari is... They could uh,
0: field a different team next week, that's for sure. We might see a very different eleven from them. But Ronaldo will start. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and the then one... And by the way,
3: for Elio, who might not know, Ronaldo did score today and it was a really nice finish, but it was offside uh, when VAR checked, so... You Absolutely know, everything went wrong he, for them. Yeah.
1: I think that was the biggest Liverpool cheer <laughs> when, when that goal was I, I obviously out. thought
3: Ronaldo was going to get sent off at one point um, mm. for kicking Robertson, maybe he was kicking, it looked like he was kicking a player on the ground and then I realised the, there was a ball there, fortunately, <laughs> uh, which would explain why he only got booking.
2: I mean, Robertson probably deserved it. That would have
0: been
3: handy if he'd been suspended. Well, yeah,
2: it would have
0: been. <laughs> going back to the League Cup where maybe that is the answer, maybe it's just a case of giving players a chance to shine in those games and obviously they distinctly failed to take that chance in the European game that we've neglected to talk about and that's probably for the best. I
2: agreed and I sent a message to the group to that effect with the midweek game, with the full rotation. Because it's very easy to be judgmental with hindsight, but ultimately it's a hectic schedule. We have all this international inflicted malaise as well. So I think giving a run out to a player who man for man you'd still expect to be better than Vitesse was the right thing to do to save these guys for the West Ham game. It didn't work out and I get that, but that game involved travel. This game at the weekend, it's only up to Burnley. It's not overseas. All right, I know it's not a long flight to Holland or train journey or how they did it, but we're we're only going up to Burnley. They're able to train in England. They're they're not going to have to disrupt that at all. So I wouldn't want to see a fully rotated side this week. I'd want it to be a mix. I'll tell you what I'd like to see them do against Burnley. I'd like to see them give Kane a bit of a rocket and play majority first XI players but put one of the other tackers in for him and let Song go down the middle, which he was doing effectively for the first three matches of the season before Kane got fit. And if that works, keep it that way for United. I mean maybe put in Lacelso, for instance and have LaCelso and Dombele and Lucas playing off of Son and see what happens there or or something like that it doesn't have to be him but we started the season well without Kane we were cohesive and we were tight and that went out of the window kind of with Kane and his refusal to press coming back in so so maybe we should send him a bit of a message as well maybe he comes off the bench scores the winner gets some confidence and goes into the United game
0: brimming who knows who knows let's hope it doesn't have to be an issue and we'll see how it gets on next week of course that is the game next weekend having men united come to play us at our stadium hopefully we put out a better performance than we did this time hopefully United put out a very similar performance to they did this weekend uh, but we'll have to see and, and wait for that it's always an exciting one it's always a big one and of course as always we are keen to get your thoughts anyone listening please get in touch and, and let us know what you think of today of course any thoughts if you think we're maybe being a little bit flattering to our players if we're maybe being harsh on anybody do you think it was Good result. Do you think we are unlucky to lose? And of course, how do you see the match against Man United going down next week? Probably fair to say we're not going to win 5-0, but do you think we are the favourites for that? What team would you like to see? Any points on anything we've discussed, and of course any suggestions or questions you have for us to discuss next week? Please get in touch and let us know. Our social media accounts are at podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at plushdavepodcast at gmail.com as well. Right, guys, who wants to guess what stage of the show this is now? Elio's favourite part. It's Elio's favourite part, it is indeed. It is Challenge Elio, back by popular demand. Challenge Elio is the part of the show, if you're new, where we put some trivia questions to Elio. Generally Spurs trivia, sometimes a bit of a mixture, but he's been doing very well. He's generally managed to get most of the questions right, but the questions he doesn't get right get put out to the rest of the team here. In this case, it will be Joe and Dave to see if they can get some questions. And what we have been doing in Challenge Elio is just going back and forth and basically give everyone a stab at the questions and seeing how many points he can get and keeping a running score. We've got three questions today and let's see how that goes. So Elio, you feeling confident? Uh, always. Always more confident than you are against Man United. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, well, look, we'll start with... Um, we're going to start with a question that is actually Man United related. And this actually comes in from one of our listeners who you will know. There's a gentleman named Charles Stewart, who is, of course, a Manchester United fan. Charles asks about a particular game between us that occurred on September 29th, 2001. A game that you actually touched on earlier. Do you know which game I'm talking about? That's not the question, by You're the way. You're talking about the 3-5... When Hoddle was manager. Oh, indeed, and that's way too easy. So that's not the actual question. The actual question mm. is, and for anyone who, who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the time that we were 3-0 up at time against Man United at home and ended up losing in the second half, 5-3. Can you name all the goal scorers that day? All I mean, eight goal scorers.
2: Yeah, that, that one's imprinted on my memory <laughs> quite a bit. So right, well, we'll see if seven guys guys can can to get get one wrong.
0: You can you can go You can go first. You can take a quick, easy win.
2: Can I get bonus points if
0: I get everything in the right order as well? Well, I mean, you could do, but the problem is that way the other guys don't get a chance. I'll tell you what, Dave, Joe, I'm going to give you an option here. Do you mm. want Elio, Do you want to call Elio's bluff? Do you want to give him the opportunity to name all of them in order? But if he doesn't, you guys get 20 points. If he gets them all right, we'll give him, we'll give him eight points because there's eight scorers. But if he gets one wrong in the wrong order, you guys get 20 points. No, because or- he won't get
3: it
1: wrong. He won't get it wrong. <laughs> all right. I think we call him, call him <laughs> and get him to do that. Does he well, have yeah. to name the actual
0: minute in which the goal was scored as well? I, <laughs>
1: yeah. The, the only other way we would beat him is if there was another rule in place which was allowed to Google it.
3: <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Well, let, let's let Elio have a crack. We, at we're here. giving him the chance. All right, Leo, yeah. so you're
0: going to name all the goal scorers in order. In order, yeah. Yeah. All right, Dean Richards opened the scoring for us. Correct in the fifteenth minute. Les Ferdinand. Correct, twenty-fifth minute.
2: And then, um, I don't know if it was a free kick or if it was open play. Actually, but I know Christian Ziga scored for us. It was a long way out. I know that. Yeah. The forty fifth minute. Um, then second half underway. Um...
0: If he gets this, I feel like he just wins. Challenge. Lauren...
2: I know Laurent Blanc scored. I'm trying to remember if he scored the first one in the second half. No, no, I don't think he did. I think it was straight after half time. It was Andy Cole. It was it Andy was, Cole.
0: It was Andy Cole in the forty sixth minute.
2: Um. Then then I think it was Blanc's turn as well, potentially from a corner. 58th minute, Laurent Blanc. Then uh, Rude van Nistelrooy. <laughs> Correct.
0: Seventy second
2: minute. Then Veron, who, as I alluded to, was having by far his best game and half of football, probably his only good half of football for Manchester United, with <laughs> what I think was probably from just outside the area as well. It was a, an absolute belter. I think he's going to do and it. And then... Almost the exact same goal was replicated right at the death, maybe as late as the 90th even, just as the stadium was emptying. Could have thought it was wrong again because it was just shaven-headed again. David Beckham. If you'd got
0: that wrong, that would have been an even bigger cheer than Ronaldo's VAR goal. absolutely correct. And as always, I'm very impressed. Ridiculous. I've seen that game back so many
2: times because it's just one of those where no matter how much I relive it, I can't believe it actually happened. Mm. And uh, it, it's, it's one I'll never forget because at halftime, we're thinking, wow, Hoddle really is the messiah. He's going to take us <laughs> to the promised land.
0: And by the end of the game, it's like, Okay, so... Um... I think that's where the term Spursy was born, pretty much, wasn't it? I mean, there's the legend that Alex Ferguson's half time team talk allegedly was just, lads, it's Tottenham. I think it was Roy Keane that said it. Oh, was it? Oh, either way. I think that's... Uh, either way, it's thoroughly yeah. embarrassing. If, if you had the option to erase that memory from your mind, would you do it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'd much rather not remember that in so much hearty
0: detail. Brilliant. Well... I'm very impressed that you do remember it in such good detail. And I think the other guys are probably impressed whether they'd admit it or not. So well done. I think the
2: other guys are probably worried.
0: I think
1: I think your your brain is wired something weird. I've Ray been Man, to so many football crazy. games. I've been to so many games. And I just, I can't remember any of the goals. Yeah. I can only remember, the only one I do remember is, Liverpool when we beat Liverpool four three because it was just one guy who scored all of our goals.
0: I, I forgot Harry Kane's goal last week on the day that we were doing the <laughs> podcast. I mean, in tennis. Yeah.
2: I remember things from when I was sort of fifteen, sixteen years old in a hell of a lot more detail mm. than I remember things that happen now. Like that was drinking lesson that would was... actually not. <laughs> yeah that
0: too. Okay, well look, moving on to question two. Uh, very well done there. That's brilliant. The next question is more of a list style question. So. It may have caught your attention recently that our very own Harry Kane and Heung-Min Son jumped to the top of the list in terms of combined Premier League goals, by which, of course, I mean goals assisted by the other. What I'd like you guys to try and do is to name the rest of the top five in that list and Elio I'm not going to give you the first go here because you've done too well there and I want to give the other guys some of the limelight so Dave Joe can you tell me any of the other four from the top five in terms of one scores the other one assists so four duos from the Premier League era who have combined to create the most goals who's jumping out at you? Um,
3: so the first pair jumping out at me Dave is Johnson and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank at Chelsea I'm trying to think who Kane and Son have just surpassed because we, yeah, we have been
0: by the way I'm going to say Just for clarity, if you give me a a pair and one of them is right, I will tell you that one of them is right, but I won't tell you which one. So you'll have to guess again. So
2: I I do remember who Kane and Son just overtook, but that's the only one I know. Called it back then.
0: Do
3: you want to throw gajonson Hasselbank out there, Dave?
1: I mean, I was thinking Chelsea too, but I wasn't thinking those two players. I was thinking Drogba and Lampard.
3: Yeah, that's who they've surpassed. Yeah, so I would start with that. Elio is very frustrated. It is Drogba Um, and Lampard. And that's the one you (laughs) knew, I'm sure. Yeah, very good.
0: It is the one I knew. I don't actually have the numbers here, but they are in second, yeah. So, we have three more. Elio, any guesses? What teams are jumping out of you, for one thing? It's got to be Thierry Henry and someone. Um... Okay, well, if you guess Thierry Henry and someone, and one of them is Thierry Henry, I will tell you but only if you do that. Um, but I won't tell you which one's right.
2: Thierry Henry and Dennis Burkamp.
0: One of those is correct. The other is not. You don't get the points. Dave, Joe. <laughs> Pires. And? And Thierry Henry. Joe, do you concur? Yeah. That is correct. Pires and Henry. Boom. Very good. That's number four. So we're missing number three and number five.
2: Challenge Elio is meant to be Spurs trivia, goddammit. it. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, it was related. Yes. Well.
0: So does your Rayman memory not extend to wider football?
2: Um, it does not. But just on a hunch, because I know that they had the record for within a season until Kane on broke it, and I'm sure they had other profitable seasons together, I'm going to go with Shearer and Sutton.
0: That's Aww. a great guess, but it's actually enough. not on there. It's not right. I think they had one season. but they didn't play At one. all.
1: So there's no Shearer involved. Neither
0: of those are on there.
1: It's yeah, a good guess, said yeah, that.
0: I would have thought if someone had told me that was in the five, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I don't think they played together that long, did they? No. no it's probably a clue. Think of players that have played together a long time. And I, I, doubt,
3: I doubt Shearer ever set Sutton up. He must have done a few
0: times. He's not really. It was very much man. a uh, master and slave relationship. <laughs> well, it definitely
2: wasn't David bloody batty. <laughs>
0: see the Sean Longstaff of his day. He had other talents. Dave winced there at the um, the put-down of Batty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we need number three and we need number five. I'm not going to give you any clues just yet because, I mean... No, no, no clues. Yeah, Too early for that. Dave, do you reckon
2: Andy Cole and Dwight York?
1: I'm just wondering if they played enough together.
2: Even then, I think it was only 1999 that they were that great together.
1: What are we thinking, guys? Mm. Manchester United. So a lot of them Ruud
3: van Nistelrooy and someone... Yeah, like
1: van Nistelrooy and Beckham
0: or van Nistelrooy and Scholes, maybe. If you're guessing you're wrong, you might even just get one of the players, remember, so it's worth a shot. What about Ronaldo and Rooney? <laughs> yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. Ronaldo and Rooney, is that your guess? <laughs> Ronaldo and Rooney? It's not Ronaldo and Rooney, neither of them are on there. Okay, so... I think, again, that was just one great season, wasn't it, really? Well, one particularly great season. Oh just because
2: they played together for a long time. I'm going to go with another Spurs partnership, and this might be folly here, but I'm going to go
0: Sheringham and Anderson. I thought you said this was meant to be about Spurs, and you were complaining. Do you really think I'd have <laughs> two Spurs guys in the same same one? I mean, you don't get to choose the list. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out there and say Sheringham and Anderson. Sheringham is on there, and so is Anderson. Very good. That's yes. correct. That's number five. Sheringham and Anderson. Oh, wow. So there's, there's two Spurs combinations. Good guess. guess. Two of the top five partnerships, yeah. you'll never sing that. I know. <laughs> how about that? That's a trophy. It's <laughs> as everyone. good as a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're missing number three. and it's, I'd say it's a fairly obvious one when you consider how long the two players were at their club and how good they both were consistently the entire time. So we're
2: missing only number
0: three now? Number no? three, yeah. And I'm losing 2-1. I'll give you a clue. I know you're going to complain because you didn't give a clue. the clue on their turn. It's not a big clue, you but it's not Man United because I know that's what you're thinking. Say it again. It's not going to narrow it down much, but it's not Man United because we'll be here all day if you start going for all their strikers.
1: What about Liverpool? What about Steven Gerrard?
0: Gerrard and Owen is that a guess? Yeah. Gerrard and Suarez. Yeah. Which one? What do you reckon? Suarez. Gerrard and Suarez. Gerrard and Suarez is wrong. Back to Elio. Oh, again. Suarez was there one season, wasn't he? Or two seasons. Are either of those two players on the list? Neither are on the list. Okay.
2: Good. That rules out what I was going to guess. You've saved me from getting something wrong. We about. haven't
0: mentioned the club yet for which these two okay, played.
2: Okay, so it's not it's not Liverpool then either. Um,
0: what clubs have we not gone through? We haven't gone I mean,
2: loads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but through, successful clubs. Through Leeds, Newcastle, Chelsea. Hmm, Chelsea.
1: We've done Chelsea.
2: Oh yeah, Drogba Lampard. Um... I, I fully expect this to be wrong, but I'm going to go for... for Jesus, this is shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Viduca
0: and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I wish that was on there. I really do, but it's not. Thought maybe you were throwing one today. No, though. no. If I could, I would. Mm-hmm. If that was number six, I would have made it to top six.
1: It definitely can't be right, but I'm, I just can't stop thinking about Dion
0: Dublin and Darren Huckabee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should probably talk to us about that, Dave. Just knock it out to Dublin. <laughs> He'll edit it on. Huckabee that scores. Done. They must have done that about 400 times. Needless to say, that's wrong.
2: Can you tell us how many goals? No, because I don't know. These
0: I is it a big now? man, little man? Um, it's two little men. Oh, I've got it's it. Two little men. Oh, I don't have it then. Two,
1: two little, little men?
0: men. Yeah. That's the only clue you're getting. So, not little, so it's going to be not, key. Like, not like midgets, but two two diminutive <laughs> statures. I would say you don't, it's not like Peter Crouch and Defoe. See, I'd go Lennon and Defoe if you hadn't said that it,
2: it's a club we haven't mentioned.
0: You will kick yourself a little bit, I think. Two speedsters, Dave. It's always easier when you can see the answers in front of two you. Two s- well. speedsters. I don't know,
1: Kevin Phillips and Nal Quinn. I think you're going too niche. Oh, I'm still in big man, little you're man. You're going
0: too niche. That's wrong. I think the fact that I'm refusing to give you any more clues is a clue in itself, in a way. Because I know it's easy for me to sit here and say it's easy when I'm looking at it. But so it's a club we've not mentioned yet. Yeah.
2: And we've still not mentioned Successful them. club.
0: We've not mentioned them.
2: Successful club that we've not mentioned.
0: Two players that were there for a long time. Is it? Hey, it's my is go. Oh, is it? it?
2: Is. And I'm going to go Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne.
0: One of those. Is on the list. But I'm not saying who. Is it going to be,
3: do you reckon, Aguero and Silva, Dave? Is that your final answer?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, go on then.
3: Sorry,
0: Elio, they're right. It is Aguero and (laughs) (laughs) Silva. Who have just had statues put up of them, haven't they not? Both of them.
3: There's three statues, and isn't company. there? Company, Aguero, Silver. Is and that the other one. It must be Company. company. Yeah.
0: yeah, indeed. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Aguero and Silver in at number three. Which, uh, considering they were there for what ten years, you'd expect them to be right. So, on to our third question, and again, backed by popular demand, this is the Who Am I game. For anyone who's new, the way this game works is I'm going to give the guys a series of clues. Describe a footballer who has played for Spurs. They have to guess who it is, and they take it in turns to give me a number. I'll give them the corresponding clue, and we'll see who gets it first. So, Elliot, I'm going to give you the first clue this time, because they had the last guess there. Mm. What are you going to go for? One to six. Four. Four. Mm. I scored four league goals. <laughs> it is league goals this time I checked. In 88 <laughs> league appearances for Tottenham. Any wild guesses?
2: Four league goals. We're only going league goals. And you've got your stats right this week as well. <laughs> Who knows? I'm it's sure a long they're shot. If they're not right. Four legals in 88 appearances. I'm going to go... Sebastian Basson.
0: I'm always worried Eddie was going to get it on the first one and ruin the game. No, it's not Sebastian Basson. <laughs> Dave, Joe, what number will you go for? Number one. Number one. I have played for three current Premier League clubs. I feel like these are quite hard clues. I might have to dig out the Wikipedia.
3: It's the goals, because you always think of strikers, usually. And then when it's not strikers, the list just feels massive. (laughs) Mm. Could be a goalkeeper. (laughs) Just kept scoring from free kicks or something. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, Someone who played about three or four seasons, uh, let's say Chorluka.
0: No, it's not Chorluka. Elliot, give me a number. Alright, I'm gonna go number two. Number two, I scored eleven in 60 games for my country. Getting any closer? So
3: far more prolific at <laughs> the national level. level than for Spurs. Yeah, that does um, change things a little bit,
2: doesn't it? It does slightly But maybe he was a striker, but just <laughs> not a very a good one. striker yeah. that we had. <laughs> I think he only got the one goal. Um
0: Helder Postiga. It's good, but it's not the one. Uh, Dave. Joe. That's quite a good guess. Uh, let's go for number six. Number six. I have an English First Division winner's medal. He's won the First Division. As in division. before the Premiership, not when it right. was the second okay. Top flight winner's medal. Narrows it down a bit.
3: I hate the pre-Premier League questions because <laughs> this is where Elio starts to run away. Um, Dave, think of someone who didn't make much of an impact for us in the 80s, who was quite good internationally. So they won the first division, but they played for three current Premier yeah. League clubs. Not
0: necessarily then Premier League clubs. Okay, the right. Three clubs yeah. that are currently in the Premier League.
3: Oh, man, these they're, they're this is, this clues, isn't like they? triangulating into an answer for me at all. Well,
0: you know what? It's because Elio got it too quickly last time, so yeah. I need to make it um,
3: up. Uh, Vinny Samways. What? No, <laughs> I love I love Vinny Samways. Samways
2: didn't pay
0: 60 times for
2: England.
0: <laughs> are <laughs> <laughs> you making notes of all the clues? I think you're going to have to. We're going to need to draw like you a big did play ben 60 diagram. seconds for England. <laughs> okay. Okay, Elliot, give me a number. Okay, I'm going to go with three. Three. I scored on my Spurs debut. Ah, see, that would have
2: been by as well. Oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> first
1: division <laughs> winner <Yeah>. Sebastian Roussel.
2: <laughs> he, he he might have no he didn't defied
1: age logic
0: <laughs>
2: <know> <laughs> <laughs> I scored on my Spurs debut um, one of his four out of his 88 matches and 11 goals for his country as well I'm trying to think if he'd have come up with Wimbledon or not I'm going to go with oh, sh-
0: <laughs> go. Um, I feel like I've overcorrected too much on this
3: The next next clue. I'm just
0: thinking about Samwise. Wait, 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 I'm I'm not not saying I'm going to give you next clue, but the next clue is one that is if you know it, you know it. It's not going to help at all unless you've heard this. It's one of those. It's a bit like the the helicopter pilot. (laughs) Great. It's the helicopter helicopter pilot. pilot. So So you're going to have.
2: So you're going to have to go with some some backup clues then. uh, I reckon. I'm going
0: to go. I'm going to go with John Scales. No, but I will say that's marginally warmer. Dave, Joe, your clue. I have been credited with discovering Vincent Company, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, that's not helping. Elio, do you think that helps you?
2: It might, <laughs> just because if it's who I'm thinking right now, I have a good feeling he has become an agent. But So I know
0: who I'm going to say, but I'm going to wait <laughs> for pressure, these guys. guys to... Pressure. Get in there before Elio says it. So played played for three current Mm -hmm. Premier League clubs, scored eleven in sixty. No more clues because I'm pretty sure on my Spurs debut, scored four in eighty-eight in the league for Spurs. Have won the English First Division and have been credited with discovering Ronaldo, Vincent Kompany, and Aubameyang, among several others. I imagine. Do you have any idea? I'm just really struggling to think of like defensive players who would
3: have been quite memorable if you've gone with this person in like. The nineties,
0: mm. like the early nineties or something. There's pressure on this because Elliot thinks he knows it. I'm
2: convinced I know because everyone I keep thinking of. If he doesn't, then I play think
0: loads of games, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going
2: to celebrate this with a nice bottle of wine. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, so I, I might
0: just pass, to be honest. Did they win the league with Liverpool? I'm not going to give you any more clues because
1: I'm, I'm thinking Arsenal won the league a few times, and, and I wouldn't have thought anybody would have gone from Arsenal to Spurs. Maybe
3: it's maybe it's an Evertonian. <sighs>
1: from the uh, mid 80s. Well, Everton
3: were winning it in the late 80s. So it could have been someone who was
1: relatively It's not nobody from Leeds. <laughs> the last champions. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Before, I really, before I'm really I pass struggling. On, here. Elio, was uh,
0: your comment just now a clue? I'm saying nothing. Okay. Are you passing officially?
1: Was it was it Shane was it Shane Wong?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, are you not even going to have a guess guys?
1: No. David
0: Bay. <laughs> no. Elio, who am I?
2: I am Israel's finest, (laughs) Ronnie Rosenthal. (laughs)
0: Rosenthal. (laughs) I had to to get him in. That was a clue, wasn't it? I'm going to celebrate with a glass of wine. (laughs) Well,
2: you said John Scales was a little bit closer, which obviously we got him from Liverpool. Mm. But I was thinking about the Wimbledon connection and maybe winning the old first division with Wimbledon, if I'm honest. And then obviously uh, the agent, the has been credited with discovering thing. I know Ronnie Rosenthal became an yep. agent after football. So. I, I
0: learned that today. Apparently, he discovered Cristiano Ronaldo. I imagine that might be slightly exaggerated, but yeah, yeah. still, good on him. I love the fact that when I was giving his statistics out, you were like, right, so it's a defender. <laughs> See? <laughs> one, no, one, fair, once I said,
3: you, I said it's either a defender or a shit striker It <laughs> was bad for us.
2: You, you once you been. said 11 goals for the country, no defender apart from maybe Brazilians yeah. get 11 goals for their country. So, dramatic, so I knew right, it was yeah. just a striker who was sh**t for us. <laughs> i thought ronnie had scored a couple more than that for yeah, us, he scored honest, more in the but...
0: cup i mean obviously he scored his hat yeah i think he, I, I think in, scored, that scored alone, yeah, in, in that cup one game in a cup one alone i think he scored more than he scored in his entire three seasons or whatever it mm. was in, in the league but yeah israel's finest makes another
1: he joined spurs when he was 31
0: really wow that's it's impressive considering yeah. like the, the thing that he was known for was supposed to be his pace. played on for another yeah played on for another five years yeah, there we go Are you finding more how he's got Ronnie Rosenthal has a a championship medal. Jesus. Yeah, he won the league since we won (laughs) the (laughs) league. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, another appearance for Ronnie Rosenthal, who makes Mm. an appearance on the Plus Day podcast, not for the first time. And speaking of which, let me take this opportunity to thank all you three for another fine episode, another great appearance. Thank you all for joining me. Dave, how has it been today? Had a good day?
1: Very good day. I very much enjoyed myself. Um,
0: so did you enjoy this nearly as much as you enjoyed watching Manchester United lose five? five?
1: No, no, that was, that was way, way more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully I'll get to see it again in a week's time.
0: <laughs> Easy now, come on. You might not be invited back on if that happens. Joe, you feeling good about next week now? A bit more confidence in you? Yeah,
3: d- despite losing to West Ham today, I feel this was a fairly positive pod, you know.
0: Yeah? So, yeah, feeling good. And Elio? If we lose next week, are you going to come on the podcast? No. (laughs) There we have it. Of course I'll come on. No final way to wrap things up. Listen,
2: this week you've got me off a run of one defeat and two wins. Next week, if it's two in a row and if it's in humiliating circumstances and if I've gone all the way to Spurs and back to witness said defeat, (laughs) I may be in somewhat less forgiving
0: mood. Well whatever happens we hope you come back and even if we do lose at least it will be thoroughly more entertaining (laughs) to listen to your thoughts on it so let's see let's hope we don't go take a 3-0 lead and lose 5-3 anyway it could be worse Spurs history lessons are always a nice reminder that things could always be worse but uh, without further ado thank you everybody who's been listening to us of course and as always I hope you've enjoyed the show and I hope you join us again next week when we'll be talking about the Man United game and many other things and probably Ronnie Rosenthal probably Harry Kane probably and Dombele and many others so so, um, for all of and us. And Sean Long stuff. And Sean Long's stuff. So, once again, from all of us here, thanks for listening. You stay classy, Spurs fans, and we'll see you again next time.